Hey guys, welcome back to License to View. This is a weekly pop culture podcast. I'm Jason, that's Zach. What's going on, man? Ah, oh, you know, man, just, you know, another busy week, you know, adjusting to a different sleep schedule every other week is how it feels like. Um, but, you know, making it day by day, dude, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, one of those days. Yeah, man. That's what Limp Bizkit, one of those days. Limp Bizkit what? taught me anyways, so... It's one of those days, man. Just um, listen to that. I feel like I don't remember what I was. I was in the gym, and I don't know what happened. But all of a sudden, that song came on. I was like, "Hell yeah, I want to smash some shit." <laughs> I uh, that's that was one one band that I I, I do want to say this too. Mm-hmm. There's a resurgence. Is there on of young people who really in, who are who enjoy new metal, mm. right? And it's not like a. Hey, we because they weren't alive. I'm seeing it on TikTok. Yeah, like the the fashion is coming back. I'm seeing people like talk about new metal bands with like reverence who didn't experience new metal when it was who was around. Right. And Limp Bizkit is one of one of the bands that I never liked. You know, my favorite new metal band. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I was a huge fan of Corn. Corn Corn's a shit, dude. I mean, Deftones is my favorite, one of my favorite bands of all time, but they're not a new metal band per se, but they kind of got lumped into that, into that whole genre, in that yeah. genre, because um, they have some rappy stuff here and there. They have some turntables, but it's in impo- Lincoln Park is like number I was gonna one. Say, right? I mean, like the OG's got to be like Lincoln Park, but I mean, the Corn, that first Corn album, I play replayed a ton as a kid. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't listen to do corn all that much. I mean, you know, I got the one. It's got the one song that everybody knows from corn. I can't even remember what it does. I just have like the, the, the instrumental like in my head, but that's all I got. Oh no! Freak on a leash. Freak on a leash. Yeah. 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 Freak on a leash. Um, blind. Were the some of the big jams. Mm-hmm. Olympus could never. It was never my go-to, man. I never liked them. I think it was... I think... I don't know. I wasn't really, like, a huge Limp Bizkit fan back in the day. I've only recently... And it's really, like, just the one song, which I'm pretty sure... I can't even remember. I think it's, like, Break Some Shit, but... Yeah, Break, break Stuff. Break Stuff, right? yeah. But it's, like... Because I think it was... Because it's, like... Um, I was listening to a last podcast episode, and I don't remember oh, what yeah, the joke was. Talk about all the like, time. Somebody said, like something one of the lyrics from the song and then i think henry busted out with just it's just one of those days and then i was like i recognize that and so i like looked it up again and i was like you know what this low-key kind of a banger dude so i mean i don't agree that's fair but there are other new metal new metal bands that definitely like i'll say this it's not new metal but industrial metal Mm -hmm. right industrial rock industrial music it is one of my like go to like favorite like guilty pleasure genres because mm-hmm. everyone likes you know like Nine Inch Nails, yeah. right? I'm a huge fan of Nine That's Inch Nails. Fair. Yeah, obviously. but it's bands like Ministry, mm-hmm. like bands that I would never be caught dead going to see them live. Ah. not because I'm embarrassed of the band or liking the band, but it's more so because I don't look like any of the people who are going to see. Ministry or or even Nine Inch Nails, I guess, in the heyday. Yeah. But 
because it's me in Hawaiian shirts and flip flops and a bunch of people in like leather <laughs> and like buckles and shit. You yeah. Know? So it definitely was not. It's that's one of my go to like genres of you wouldn't expect me to listen to. Mm-hmm. But Limp Bizkit never made it. Yeah, probably not. I don't know. I think if I was listening to them back in the day, I'd probably have enjoyed them a lot more because it feels like one of those bands where it's like just one of those when you're days, yeah, yeah it's, you know it's all about some he said she said bullshit, dude. So. Uh, well, I mean, think about her, dude. Like, that time period, man, shit was everywhere. Yeah. You turn on the TV, like, it's all Papa Roach and sh- I mean, I was a huge Papa Roach fan. Oh, dude, don't even. I can't. Scars remind me, man, that the past is too real. I just can't. Well, that that first album, Infest, mm-hmm. was my the first CD I ever had, ever, was Papa Roach, Infest, Explicit, which is the album that has Last Resort yeah. and Blood Brothers all the and bangers, all that dude. shit. Yeah, and they um, maybe it was for a 20th anniversary or something, but this last year, I think so. on on YouTube they did a bunch of like, lot like you know YouTube in studio record like performances of that of that album. Damn. And I was like, listen, watching the videos, and I was like, damn, dude, like these people people make fun for a long time. People like you no know, for us like through high school, late 20s, 2000s. Definitely like a beat band for sure. People made fun of new metal bands. It was a common thing to make fun of. Yeah. The fucking the riffs. Mm-hmm. There's the the main riff of Blood Brothers from Papa Roach's fucking killer. Yeah, and like the videos were so they were so good. I was super impressed watching that. You yeah. know, hearing the songs because I really haven't listened to those songs since I was a kid. Yeah, I mean, I think the one that really I don't know. I guess in my mind it's classified as new metal, but I might be like fucking crucified if I say this. But like the band that. Reminds me of like that era that I listened to a lot that I don't think I've even listened to or like heard from since like high school or middle school was fucking disturbed. I can't remember the last time like yeah I, I think they I think they're in that lumped up in that yeah I think they're in that ballpark too um, yeah I never liked Disturbed I just it reminded me especially because like what you just said about like TV and stuff reminds me of like watching like the VH1. What was it like the top twenty music video countdown yep. or something like that? And it felt mm-hmm. like it was around that time when like Disturbed was like super popular, and I would see like one of their new songs like make it at, like number nineteen because it's never popular enough to be like outside of yeah, like uh, honorable mentions or some shit. Well, I mean MTV two, like Headbangers Ball or whatever, they would play music videos, and I remember seeing the music video to fucking their cover of Land of Confusion. Yeah. Which is no a Genesis song, mm-hmm. and I could not fucking stand it. I could not because I'm a huge Genesis fan. Mm-hmm. I come from a huge Genesis, Phil Collins, Peter Gabriel household. Right. So hearing this, like, I, even when I was in high school, being like, this this band is fucking goofy, you know. And then seeing the music video, I was like, the, the animation looks cool. It looks like a fucking like a Spawn comic book yeah. when it's disturbed. And then the I song like the is, mascot like, guy. He looks super dope. I think it looks fucking goofy. But I think it is, looks like a like a Todd McFarlane character. Like, I, yeah, which is which is it looks super and Todd McFarlane. Yeah, Todd McFarlane stuff in general, it's like borderline cheesy yeah. and like okay, this is kind of cool. It's like the did you ever listen to the band? I never did, so I don't I don't know what they sound like or I know like I don't I couldn't tell you what songs they sing, mm-hmm. but Five Finger Death Punch. Yeah, I listen to them. So I they're never like, I feel that like they're before. like the off-brand Disturbed almost. Like I feel like a lot of people who is that what it Disturbed is? listen to Five Finger Death Punch, but like they're not right. as popular. 
So I, I know they're a huge band, and I know that people really like them. Mm-hmm. They're kind of, they're kind of like that mainstreamy like normie yeah. metal. And this is this is gonna this is gonna venture into like snobby territory, so I apologize. But as a dude who listens to like Bolt Thrower or At the Gates or you know like death metal or black metal bands, mm-hmm. you know um, shit like that, or even like hardcore bands. So when when Five Finger Death Punch blew up, I was like already long gone from mainstream metal bands. Right. I was already listening. I was listening to like what I would consider real metal. You know, which is not true, but is what people would consider on Reddit. Like people would be like, yeah, yeah Five Finger Five Death Punch is not a real metal band, but you know, that's like pop cl- metal basically. Yeah, the closest I would get to like a poppy metal band would be like Trivium because mm-hmm. they have because they shred, they're good, and they also have albums where they're super duper thrashy. Yeah, and albums where they're super duper catchy. I right? still listen to. I haven't. I mean, you were the one who introduced me to Trivium like a couple of years ago, but like I still listen to. The sin in the sentence, like all the time. Like I think, yeah. I mean, I don't know a lot of their older albums, but like I love that album from them. Super. Well, it's it's, but real quick. So like, I see my friends on Instagram, people I know, mm-hmm. who I'm not like best friends with, people people I do know, who who like really like Five Figure Death Punch, and it, I can't not cringe. Mm. And it, I don't know what the band sounds like. I just know the stigma around the band. I mean, it basically sounds like Disturbed. Like it's the same type of music. Okay. Okay. Well, then, yeah, I would absolutely can't stand it. <laughs> I would absolutely fucking hate it then. I uh, will say, though, about Trivium, they're one of my favorite bands, um, have been for a long time, and they're the one, they're, there are a few bands from, like, when I was, like, in middle school, mm-hmm. eighth grade kind of shit, that, because when you're, I'm not sure how you were in your music journey, because you don't, we, we talk, talk about music before, and you don't really super care about bands like that um it's like maroon 5 fallout boy yeah i mean it's like i I wouldn't say that yeah i don't have like a like a like a hardcore following of any band um but i definitely have like and i don't really have like a specific genre that i like prefer over any others i don't know i kind of like dip my toes into like a bunch of different things which is probably why i don't have like a hardcore following of like any specific band yeah um but i mean there's definitely like bands that i've liked and like i try to follow their stuff like i think as far as like like uh like a hardcore post hardcore i think the the closest band to that uh like actual band that i've probably been like following since high school would be like Dance, Gavin. Dance, yeah. Yeah, Gavin. Um, but that's so, probably like. Oh, hold on. Your fucking your your window of my OBS is jacked up right now. Oh gotta, shit! Really? Gotta, it's not your fault. I gotta fix it. You started lagging a little bit on my end. I got your back though. You're good. Um, what I was gonna say about tri- Trivium is that um, in high school, for like a met the, the metalhead journey. You know, mm-hmm. or like the hard, the hardcore kid journey, whatever, whatever subset of aggressive music you're into, it's like consistently the journey to find what's heavier. It's always like heavy. Like the band's not good because they're not heavy enough. This band's not good. This band's lame because they're not heavy, and that's like always like the constant phrase that you would hear when you're a child, like discovering like metal bands. It's like, oh, well, that band's good, but if you like pussy shit, like you know, if you don't, if you don't like heavy bands. You know, that band's good if your balls haven't dropped. Yeah, you know. I remember being in high school and I, I saw this 
kid in my class was wearing a Devil Wars Prada shirt, you know. Fuck, dude, I love Devil Wars Prada. And I was never a huge fan of that band. I liked two albums, um, mm. and then that's because that, that was their most, like, their heavy album, their most heavy albums. And then... Yeah, I mean, I, more so than Devil Wars Prada, I think I always gravitated towards August Burns Red. But... Oh, I, I've always loved August Burns Red, yeah, but... Yeah. But with... So his kid was wearing a, 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 a Tidwop shirt, if I think is what the band's called. And, um, damn, I keep fucking, your window keeps jacking up. Hmm. I don't know, it's annoying as shit. Whatever. So, this kid was wearing a Devil Wars Prada shirt. Oh my god, we're like, crazy. And I was like, we were talking about bands and music, whatever, and I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I was never a huge fan of that band, and they're a super Christian band, and inherently that usually means, at least at the time, that the band sucks. Like, the band isn't heavy. It's not heavy. It's not heavy. Yeah. The lyrical content is not going to be heavy, which is not true. They're definitely super-duper heavy Christian bands. Like, Impending Doom is yeah. a super-heavy Christian death, death metal band, deathcore band. But, like, the journey to find the heavy was always the the, prog- the, the profound, like, okay, i got to keep keep finding the chug, keep finding the next band that has the heaviest detuned guitars and gutturals right. or whatever. But, like, there are certain bands... That I loved that that would stay in the rotation, even though they weren't necessarily the heaviest band. Like Trivium's mm-hmm. one of those bands, right? Because their musicianship was so good, and mm-hmm. I was like the guy's voice a lot. But the dudes they yeah. shred, right? Even though they can write these catchy songs, they shred. But they have their album from two thousand eight is called Shogun, and it's a mm-hmm. super duper thrashy album, but it's also mm-hmm. super catchy. It's like it's insane. It's a, it's a, the perfect combination. Um, it's yeah. one of my favorite albums by them. And uh, I'm going, I'm driving, I'm going crazy right now. Is it something that I need to fix? Like, do I need to do something? Or? I don't know. It happens every now and then. It's never it usually doesn't happen this bad. It usually happens like maybe once while mm-hmm. we do it while we're recording and then it just stops. But you're like, it's like every two seconds it's going crazy. Jesus. So it's in the recording, it's going to be me fucking, like, fixing your window over and over again. Like, resizing it over and over again. Damn. So hopefully we'll see what happens. Um, but but to transition out of uh, music stuff, mm-hmm. dude, what have you been up to, man? Oh, you know, it's been a decent little week here. So uh, the first thing is that I did watch uh, Tresen. Mm-hmm. Finish that. Uh yeah, dude, that's like I, – I find it hard to find – think of a show that is like more in our fucking wheelhouse than yeah. that show. Yeah. I mean it's, it's like got, Supernatural, that. Yeah. I mean it's like the main – the main character is basically like Dresden essentially. Yeah. I mean she's like the Supernatural like peacekeeper and she's also sort of – I mean she works with the police so she's got that whole like – Yeah. Uh, what's it called? consultant type of thing going on that Dresden's got and it's like all based around like yeah like ghosts and zombies and like all the fucking weird hookie dookie shit that goes bump in the night going on um I I I remember you talking last week about the pacing for the show and how it's a little fast Mm -hmm. and I will agree but more so than that I think the thing that I was the most disappointed with was the overarching season plot line yeah because it just turned out to be the god of war and i've seen that plot line like a thousand times in like 
comics and video games and manga and like different anime and like different shows and like that's so all worn out where it's like yeah he's a god of war yeah he wants conflict oh okay yeah that's yeah. like like i haven't seen that like a thousand other times i think the um, one so that was like probably one of the like low-key like most disappointing things yeah um positives love the creature designs i love the different mythology all the different races and stuff like that and i like that it's not like the traditional like there's definitely some of the traditional stuff in there like the you've got the fairies you got a little bit of like elves but i mean like the fucking horse people are rad as shit i love those yeah um you've got like the wind nymphs those are cool um you know i do think the to, like literal like electro thunder gods yeah so the caveat i want to say to what you what your complaint was real fast mm -hmm. about the uh war god thing i think that yeah. i agree with you but I think the one thing that I give it credence or however you want to say it, I give it like a pass is because yeah. the Filipino culture is super duper tribal. So it, it yeah. makes sense that there would be a, like if you're watching like supernatural and they're trying to revive Aries, like, well, why the fuck do Dean and Sam want to fucking talk to Aries? Who right. gives a fuck? Right. But in the Philippines, like this is a tribal based on tribal culture. So to right. me, it makes sense. Right. It makes sense okay. in that sense of where it's like, those are chieftains, right? Who fight like right. like Native American chieftains, right? Like there's gonna be a god of war there, but if you don't know that, or if they don't take the time to explain the cultural cultural significance of why that is a why that makes sense, you're gonna think, okay, yeah. this is just some fucking ghost guy, yeah. some ghost dude. You know what I mean? Like the what they could have done, it would it would cost more time or whatever, but to. Mm -hmm really break down the idea that these are like, yeah, it takes place in the Philippines or in Asia, but these are like islandy tri tribal monsters, like yeah. nature monsters. And that's why it's so, you know, what different or whatever, but to not, I like that a little bit. I think you got a little hint of that specifically when she like meets the head of the like horse God yeah. tribe. Cause his whole like, I don't even know, like the CEO observatory, whatever the fuck he was at. He's got definitely like that naturalistic aspect to it. Like his throne is like a giant tree. So yeah. you definitely kind of get that like more of like, yeah, like mother nature, like connected with like that sort of like naturalistic realm specifically with him. But a lot of the other ones, I really feel like that didn't, if, it, if that is a big part of like the Filipino culture, because I really don't know much about it. That really doesn't shine through in like yeah. a lot of the other gods that show up. Well, it's like if you uh, watch an anime and they fight, Oni, you yeah. know, since everyone has seen so much anime, you yeah. are predisposed to understand the general idea of mm -hmm. Japanese demons, right? But if you yeah. don't know anything about the Philippines or if anything about Filipino monsters or whatever, it's a whole yeah. fucking diatribe book of creepy yeah. ass baby monsters and shit, right? Like all these fucked up things. That was a creepy episode. That fucking baby monster. Yeah. You know. And it was like also I think it I think it got better later on in the season, but I think the first couple episodes had that problem where it was like, I mean, it definitely felt like the, because uh, specifically with like the first, uh, I think it was like two or three, they definitely took on that like grim fairy tale aspect to it, where it was mm -hmm. like they had the story and like the moral of the story or whatever. And specifically with like the baby goblin episode where you have the whole thing where she basically gets her comeuppance with a bunch of, Baby goblins. Yeah. So we well, you know I uh, I bought the first trade because they they're mm -hmm. putting them out in English. 
So I got that this past week. I haven't read it yet. Mm-hmm. But I have volume two and three on pre-order. Um, I think they come out in a few months. But the one thing I'm looking forward to, and I don't know, because I haven't, I haven't done enough research to know if this is a thing or not that happens in the show, but is that I know from uh, fucking my life or from my family's lives, like, you know, one of the most Catholic places in the world is the Philippines, right? It's a massively Catholic country, right? But none of these monsters are... Catholic or like no Christian monsters, you know what I mean? These are all like very like yeah. traditional Filipino monsters. So I wonder if there's yeah. a if there's a Dresden element where like eventually Tresse has to fight like traditional demons. Like mm. if she goes to you know All Saints Day, which is the equivalent to you no know, Day of the Dead, like is she gonna mm-hmm. fight like because there's there's the underworld in the show, right? Well, that is that right. is that separate from hell like are there separate things because there's there's clearly the the lady that that she talks to is like the assistant to the the death god yeah that's that's not lucifer but the philippines is so catholic so i wonder like do they eventually cross over to where there's like because in dresden they go through different gods you know i mean there's Mm -hmm. a different god different deities all kind of things i wonder if this show or this comic book eventually touches on it because to me that would be really cool yeah, that'd be really dope if they did something like that. I would like to see that, like, mixing of the cultures and, like, how those different cultures, like, interact with each other. Specifically, yeah, like, the Filipino monsters with, like, traditional, like, Catholic Christianity, like, demons and angels and that yeah. kind of thing. Because they, they show, uh, the they show, I'm pretty sure they show fathers in the show, don't they? Aren't there a couple priests in the first few episodes? I can't remember. I, I swear I saw a priest somewhere. I don't know. Either way. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Either way, the premise for the show is cool. Um, yeah. I mean, it's super duper dressed and super duper Hellblazer, and that's not a bad thing. Yeah. You know, it's it just a... It, like I was talking about last week, I'm pretty sure. Or mm-hmm. maybe I was talking about it when we did our, our, our D&D game. Because for people who don't know, our D&D game is urban fantasy. So, yeah. you know, the two seminal... Like, the seminal pieces of urban fantasy, you know, there's maybe five that people are super rip off of rip off on accident or on purpose. But for me, it's like Dresden, Hellblazer, Hellboy, like mm-hmm. the big, the big ones for me, you know? Yeah. So it's like everything that I read, I read like, okay, though this is a Dresden reference. This is clearly John Constantine. This is clearly a Hellboy type. Like if I see an organization, that's Hellboy. That's BPRD. Yeah. If I see a smoky, you no know, mad wizard sorcerer exorcist that's john constantine you know what i mean yeah so it's like i it's unintentional but some, sometimes most of the time i would say it's just a you know you can't get rid of that homage yeah know? um because they're so powerful and with a lot of those they're like so embedded into the culture that like or embedded into that genre that it'd be kind of like hard to do a story in that yeah. without having like some sort of like character or reference or something like that to those because they're mean, just dude, the la- such like integral to like what yeah. a kind of story like that is the last time i saw the genre shift into allowing new archetypes or new was supernatural because mm-hmm. most urban fantasy like you have there's like the two sides of urban fantasy or three sides of urban fantasy there's the male-led side there's the female-led mm-hmm. side and there's like, the romance which are usually female-led Right. Yeah. 
But like for like the male led side, Dresden, Iron Druid Chronicles, uh, Simon R. Green stuff like Nightside, Rivers of London, all these type of series that are super urban fantasy. I just look at them and go, "This is just Dresden," because they're all usually they're all mm-hmm. wizards, you know, which yeah. ends up becoming Dresden. You know what I mean? And yeah. there's there's Mike Carey's um, Mike Carey has a series of books called um, Felix Castor. Right, he's mm. an exorcist in London. Okay, well, that's John. That's John Constantine. But also, Mike yeah. Carey also wrote Hellblazer, and he also wrote Lucifer for DC. So it's kind of okay. Like, okay well, we we got what you're doing. They're different. They're different yeah. characters enough, but you know what they're pulling from, right? But eventually, like if I'm writing an urban fantasy book, which I have been or on and off, and there's a, a regular human who drives around, and hunts stuff. Well. That's fucking that's supernatural. supernatural. You know what I mean? That's, that's the last thing that became like a tentpole in the genre for people to unintentionally copy mm-hmm. without, without even trying because people are going to... If you write a story now about your hunter, male or female or not whatever, and they're driving in their whatever car, if it happens to be, be, if it happens to be from the 70s already, people are like, okay, rip off. But they listen to any sort of classic rock, Supernatural. Yeah. So your character has to drive a Prius, or listen and listen to hip hop, you know, or Madonna, to you know, hey. and not wear what they wear. Take down a vampire or listen to like a virgin. Yeah, it has go. to like has to like dress like Luther from Luther and listen to David Bowie while they kill monsters, <laughs> to be different enough. Honestly, that would be a pretty dope character. Yeah, it's just Idris Elba. It's just Luther. Yeah, you just Idris Elba, but he fights werewolves. In the new movie that comes out, the new Luther movie. We find out he's actually been killing... They're making a movie? Yeah, they're making a movie. When that comes out, okay. we actually find out that he's been killing monsters the whole time. You know. Uh, but w- you find out, actually, he's just been talking to John Constantine, and he's just taking yep, over Constantine. taking over London. Uh, yeah. Well, what else have you been checking out? So, checking out that. Also, I did like the little tease to, like, season two. Yeah. If it gets greenlit, that's kind of... It's nice that they're at least thinking about that. I mean, I feel like most shows this day are like, like are thinking about it, but it's nice to know that like they are actively thinking about yeah. trying to continue that on. Um, so with that, uh, one of the other things that I watched was uh, SSS Dinazenon ended its season today. Last of the 12 episodes. Um, it's such a good series, dude. It's so fun. This is the Gridman sequel? This is the sequel to the... It's not like a direct sequel. It's like the in-universe sequel to Gridman. Okay. Um, I love it a lot. It's super dope. The, the one of the characters from Gridman just show up for like the back half of the season, so there is like that direct connection to the series that came before it. Okay. Gridman doesn't show up, but like one of the other guys, Grid Knight, shows up, and like he is like a major part of the plot for like the back half of the and show. I, and I would like this show. You don't like so this show, I, and I would like this show, right? Well, because I think we've talked about this before, and you're more of, like, an actual, like, pension guy. Yeah. And this show isn't as much about pensions as it is about, like, basically, especially, like, Z- Dinah Zenon is, like, Zords fighting kaiju. I'm, which, yeah. for me, I fucking love, because I love kaiju, and I love Megazords. Like Dinah Zenon is basically a Megazord, right? Because it's all the different parts. Like there's like the there's like a boat part, there's a car part, there's the dragon that's like the base, and then there's like wings. So that's like yeah. it's a Megazord. Well, and I would like that because I like Getter Robo, 
I like like mm-hmm. me- super robot mech anime, like Get a Robo, yeah, and stuff like that. You know, I can't even remember my other. I was gonna say another series, another example of Super Robo, but I can't remember right now. Fucking Get a Robo, mm-hmm. fucking. God well, damn. there is the original Gridman show, which this is, because I know from reading Reddit, that's like the whole basis for this Dinozenon series is based on an episode from old Gridman that was about like a mummy that like got reincarnated or some shit. And there was like some dragon thing and they were, and then the guys that trigger were like, that's what we're going to make a series about. We're going to make it about this mummy. And I'm like, okay, I dig it. And, uh, but yeah, it's super good. Um, I like the aspect a lot to it too. Cause this whole thing, the whole show is based around like, um, because uh, the the main guy, the mummy character, is like somebody who gets like revived every like five thousand years, and the main antagonists are like his former comrades when he was alive five thousand years ago, and they're all uh, they're called kaiju eugenicists, so they're all like big into kaiju's and stuff like that, and they can like take them over, and they're all about like using kaiju's to like uh, destroy the world and whatnot, and so you get dinosaur and like trying to fight against it, but it's all about um, it's all about figuring out like um, Specifically for like the main characters, because at the beginning they're all like disjointed, and it's all about them like trying to like grow together as a team and like form bonds with each other and like kind of grow from that. And that's like a storyline that I always like to see. So. Can I ask you uh, real quick? Um, yeah. Is the mecha CG or drawn? Um, I it's half and half. Okay. Uh, for a lot of the fight scenes, it's definitely CG. Um, but there's definitely, like, the transformation sequences are all hand-drawn. I can tell that right away. Right. Um, and there's some good transformations. Like, hold on. So these are my two favorites, which is... Let me look them up right now. Which is today they had... They did... Um, oh, hold on. I added one. I have one already saved. So let me... Hold on. Let me open the chat. Okay. So this is the one that was revealed today. And I love the way that this one looks. And then let me find the other one that's like the the OG, or not the OG, like the, the Ultra Transfer. Hold on. What the fuck is it called? It's super complicated. I think it's Super Kaiser Grid Knight. Is it Super Kaiser Grid Knight? Super Kaiser King Dragon Grid Knight. That sounds right. What does it look like? I want it. I want the good shit with the cape. Hold on. Oh, there we go. That's a good pick of it. So the first one I sent you is Grid Knight, and then there's also like a new monster that was introduced that was like basically like like in Power Rangers where they have like the mini Zords that can basically add on. That's basically like mm-hmm. what got introduced where there's like a there was like a a mini kaiju that like this girl ended up like fostering and creating, and so he ended up like being able to be like basically like a mini Zord for the Grid Knight team. And then this is the Super Ultra Transformation, which looks dope, which is like Dinozenon with the Grid Knight and then Goldburn, which is like the mini Zord, like all together. And its name is super complicated because all of outside of like the base, like Grid Knight and Dinozenon, once the combination started happening, I'm like, I don't even know. There's like 10 different words that are being <laughs> said. I don't know why half of them are there, but... How, how, it looks so. How many episodes is it? It's only twelve. Okay, I can watch. Yeah, so 12. it's not that long at all, and I really liked it a lot. Um, super fun series. 
Uh, and they did announce today that the third season will be the actual like sequel with Gridman and Dinah Zen on together. Um, mm. So that'll be really cool. I'm excited to see that as well. I'm not sure when it's coming out. Probably in like, because I think the original Gridman came out in like 2018 or 2019. And this one came out, so I, I'm pretty sure we won't get a sequel to like 2023 or something like that. But it's a super fun series. So that that finished. Uh, and the last thing that I watched uh, before I get to what I played, because I did play one thing and beat it, which was nice. Um, but I watched today uh, the first Roroni Kenshin live action movie. Yeah. Uh, because the last one I didn't realize, uh, but somebody in my Facebook group told me that. The last one that was just released is on Netflix today. Mm-hmm. And I saw that and I was like, I want to watch that. But I don't know anything about Roroni Kenshin and I haven't watched any of the movies. Yeah. So let me watch the old movies. So I watched the first one today. This is a good action movie. Yeah. Fun movie. I like it a lot. Uh, well, Choreography real, real quick, I want to piggyback off that for a second. Just because yeah. the first thing I watched this week was the final Roroni Kenshin movie. Okay. Um, yeah. So I watched it because I, I knew I knew it was coming out, and I have been prepared yeah. for the last seven years for them to just make another one. Has it been that long since the third? Yeah, one? I think 2014, I believe. Wow. 2014 or 2016, one of the two. Um, but I'm not gonna spoil anything, obviously. But mm-hmm. I will say there's also one more left. Even though this last movie was called the final. Yeah. So there, there's one, two, three, four. Right, there's the first movie, right. which I think I think it's called Kenshin. I think it's called the. I think it's. I think it's. Movie wise, I think it's just called Roroni Kenshin. But I think when I looked up on the Google, they like added the subtitle of like the beginning or something. Okay, because like it's Kenshin. Like... It's like Kyoto Inferno. Um, the legend ends or something, and yeah. this one's called the final. Well, mm-hmm. apparently they were while they were filming because this movie's this movie's been done for like two years. Oh, right. has yeah. it? Yeah, and they were going to release it last year, but COVID, so they pushed it back. Right. But I believe while they were filming it, they were also filming uh, the beginning, which is him. It's like Samurai X, which is like no him becoming Batosai. Okay. So this is the final. Well, then you you watch this one, and like the whole intro bit is about him being Batosai. Which I mean, I guess that is also like the ending of him being Batosai, and like yeah. him taking up the vow to like not kill anymore. Yeah. Um. But also the intro action sequence is fucking great. Well, so I'll, I'll, I'll say this too. You know, I came into these movies. I, I recommend that you watch the movies a while back, if yeah. you remember. Um, because to me, I, they're yeah. just... I don't... I have no context for Kenshin, right? I've <clears> never read it. I've never watched it. I watched like one movie in an anime club that I don't know what the fuck was going on. But these, I like samurai movies. I like Chambara yeah. movies. I like Japanese movies and whatever. So I watched... I think when I watched them, the first two, no, I think just the first one was out. I think I watched them every every time they came out. So you started watching them in 2012? Because that wasn't the first yeah, one. Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Um, and just not even like keeping up to date, just like kind of seeing them online, being like, oh, it's out now? Okay, let me say, okay, cool. And I watched yeah. the first one on a whim. I was like, okay, I'm bored, mm. I'll watch it. And I was so impressed with how the lead actor put the fucking work in to learn Dude. how to use a fucking sword. Yeah. Do using a reverse sword and like being able to do like this shit that he does and like, yeah. And I think 
one of the things outside of like you recommending it, uh, one of the things that have also been making me interested to watch it is that the corridor dies, mm-hmm. the corridor, corridor guys, they do their stuntman reviews and they showed one of the fight scenes. I don't remember which one it was from. I, I know it's not the first one, but they showed one of the fight scenes from one of the Kenshin movies. And I was like, damn, that looks slick. Yeah. And then you figured out that like, yeah, it's like the main guy who does it. And like, he does it all. Like he doesn't really have like a stunt double. And I'm like, damn, that's impressive as hell. Yeah, and the first movie itself, it's really good. I mean, I think they actually kind of like, if my memory is correct, I think one, I think I think to me it goes two, one, three in quality. And now that I've seen four, I would say two, one, three, four. The two's the best one. I think I, for my memory, I think two's the best one. And I think four is the worst one. Wow. And it's not because okay. it's not a, not a, it's not a bad movie. The final, it's just that I didn't need it. Uh, And I can't compare to the manga because I don't know it. So I can't, I can't, because two could be completely fucking trash compared to the source material. I don't know, you know, but I remember having a good time watching two, but having watched four this morning, mm -hmm. I remember being like, I did not need this movie at all. I didn't, I know that apparently this is supposed to, this is the adaptation to the final arc of the manga. So it is the, it is the ending of the series. I understand that. But I left it being like, ah, Kenshin's story was finished already. Mm. You know, I don't need this whole extra bit. So that's how I felt, at least. Okay. Interesting. But yeah, I'm excited to dig into more of it. I mean, like, yeah, this the choreography and the fight scenes is great. Uh, I mean, the movie looks fantastic outside of, like, the choreography. Like, sets look fantastic. Um, I like the way all the characters look. Um, the plot is fine. Mm-hmm. Something like too groundbreaking or anything like that. No, the whole, the uh, whole, sh- the, all the movies are like, who's the bad guy? Someone that Batosai wronged. Okay. Yeah. All right. Who are you? The Batosai killed my girlfriend. Okay. I think that's the one that, at least in this movie, that's the, the part that is like, Especially the other movies are like that. The first one is probably like the weakest in that that aspect because it's like you've got like well you've got like the drug dealer guy obviously which is like obviously a bad guy and it's like capitalism thing and that I can tell that that's going to be like a big thing uh, is like the the moving forward of like the new era in Japan and like the westernizing of everything and like his old ideals like clashing with like this new westernized Japan that's coming about. Um, so that's a whole part of it too. But like. Then you've got, like, the the main, outside of, like, the drug dealer guy, you've got, like, the main antagonist, which is, like, mm-hmm. the the kill sword that is using his name of Batosai yeah. to go around killing people. But outside of him using the name Batosai, there's not really a connection. At least, if there is, like, I, I didn't feel like it was established very well in the movie, like they have their final confrontation and like, he's like, yeah, the whole thing is just like, I killed people as a samurai. And you killed people as a samurai. I'm going to make you kill people again. Yeah. And I'm like, that's like, eh, it's not exactly like the most compelling thing. I mean, the more compelling part about it for sure is like Kenshin's whole thing. And I think this movie did that really well a lot, which is like, I'm sure the manga does this too, but I haven't read it either. Um, but it's really like, testing the boundaries of like 
his oath to not kill again mm-hmm. and like how far he's willing to like take that to actually like and I think this movie does it really good uh uh as well as like trying to figure out if like cuz for him as a character I feel it feels like he goes from like one extreme to the other which is like as Batosa he literally like just kills everybody that is like standing in front of yeah. him to go into a vow of like I will never kill anybody again to the fact that I had a sword especially made for me so that I will not kill anybody and so it's like that uh mindset of like going from one extreme to the other and like seeing the after effects of like his decision not to kill and how in some cases that actually ends up costing more lives than if he had just taken out the bad guy in the first place. Yeah. Uh, so I like that like push and pull that they seem to have with like his ideology and like, is what he's doing actually the right thing or should he actually try to like amend his ideals for like the situation is as it calls for it. So, um, uh, movie four is all about that. All about it's that. It's all about his okay. reasoning and all about his past um, and like, even with the character itself, watching all the movies, I, and I enjoy the character, but I'm thinking mm-hmm. like, just kill him. You, just kill why him. would you make a sword where it's still sharp somewhere? If you don't yeah. want to kill anyone. It, uh, that's, yeah, that's the other thing where it's like, if you're going to go about this thing where you're like, yeah, I'm going to have a reverse blade so I won't kill anybody. And I was like, well, why don't you just carry around a like dull sword handle with a like a, a rod attached to it. Like, why do you need to have like a blade well, at all? Keep the blade, like, but just make the whole thing d- d- uh, dull. Why did you go yeah, through making the, the inside part sharp? Like, why would you do that? So, you, so yeah. eventually you can, a lot of sense. so you can still kill someone. Like, what are you talking? You can kill people with, dude. Though some of the hits he does in the movie, I'm like, dude, that dude's dead. That yeah. dude's dead. You talk about I mean, a fucking piece of steel smashing this dude's skull. He's dead. Mm. He's dead. Um, yeah. So what else did you... You said you played something? So the last thing I did was that I beat uh, Ratchet and Clank. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, it's um, it's fun. Um, it's weird, especially, like, getting into the later half, how much it feels like... And I mean, it is, but it's it's weird how much it keeps that identity of being, like, a, a PlayStation 2 type of game. Specifically, it felt like in the boss encounters, where it really felt like a PS2-style game, where you're, like... As a third-person shooter, you're basically going around, and it feels like, I don't know, it's always weird for me, like, bosses in shooter games, because you always have the aspect of, like, I have a gun. Why are you not instantly dead? Like, I don't care how big your robot is, I have a gun that, like, turns you into 3D pixels. Like, I don't understand how you're not just, like, immediately dead. Right. But um, outside of, like, the logic aspect to it, um, it's still a fun game. Um, I liked it a lot. I liked the the rebooted aspect to like Ratchet and Clank's story. Um, it's all toward. I don't remember if I talked about this last week, but it's all toward through like the the storytelling aspect of like uh, Captain Quark. So I like that bit to it too, because um, you basically figure out through the plot that like he betrayed everybody because he was jealous of Ratchet, and so he ended up like being arrested and he's in prison. He's like telling the whole story of like how he ended up in prison essentially. Um, but yeah, it was a fun game. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I don't have a PS5, so I'm definitely not playing Rift Apart anytime soon. Um, but I feel like I'd probably play that, you know, when I eventually do get a PS5. I feel like I'd, I'd definitely play that game because, yeah, Ratchet is super fun. And even though it does feel like 
you know, it really feels like a holdover from that like PS2 era of game design. Um, it's still a it's still a game design that I find uh, incredibly fun. So yeah, cool. Jason, uh, what have you been checking out? I'm not not too terribly much this week. Surprisingly, okay. um, I don't know what I've been fucking doing, watching sports or something. Um, first thing I did was a Netflix show, Korean drama, of course. It dropped, okay. I think, Monday. It's called Beyond Evil. It's a mm. crime mystery show about a... The basic premise is that it's a... Uh, in 2000, a boy and his twin sister are like kind of the opposites of each other. He's a kind of like a slacker. And they're like... I think they're young. They're like 20-ish, 20 years old. And they're both slackers. And they live in the snow, kind of the outskirts of this Korean city. So it's kind of like a smaller town. So everyone knows mm-hmm. everybody, and the sisters, like the the twin sisters, like the successful one. She's in college, and you know, going whatever. Well, she gets found. Uh, she goes missing, and mm. the only thing that they can find of her are her ten fingertips, right? And what the fuck? they suspect that it's the brother who did it. So they take him to jail, or take him to court, and they interrogate him and all kind of stuff. And the whole town thinks he he killed his sister, right? And flash forward to like 20 years, he's a detective now. He's mm-hmm. a detective now. And he got he used to work for like the specialized task unit. But he got demoted mm-hmm. back to his small town. So he's kind of just like fucking, you know, he's like kind of like over. Oh, like he moved away to be a detective in a different city? Yeah. Okay. Well, so what I understand now, because I don't know much about Korea, is that there's mm-hmm. one national police agency. Right, so, huh, they're, so okay. they're all part of the same division or same you know, umbrella. Huh. So he worked for a thing called like the regional investigative team or something. So he's he's off mm-hmm. doing like higher end investigations. He's a good, a good detective, but some some where his reputation and past didn't follow him, I assume. Yeah, exactly. But then some crazy shit happened, and he got demoted back to a small town. Everyone's like, "Oh, you're back again, whatever," right? But then this like hot shot young buck classic anime what? trope shows up in town hot hot shot detective shows up in the town and we don't know why he's there but within the first day of him being there they find another victim that matches the previous cases because there's actually like so his sister goes missing but there's also like five or six other people who go missing who fit the okay. same mo and they're like oh no He's back again. And they're like, oh, it has to be this guy. It has to be the main character. And for like the mm. first eight episodes, because they're hour longs, dude, they string you the fuck along. They're like, yeah, did he do it or did he not do it? And they they they, they slow burn it. They slow. Huh, okay. But like, so it's eventually you, you learn that the new detective is there to investigate him, to like bring him down. Right, like they think they he thinks that he killed his sister, he killed all these other people, and the whole time for the first half of the show, it's them kind of like battling each other while they're partners. Hmm. And the main character, the, the main main character, because they're like death note vibes. Well, the main and here's the death note part too. The main character, mm-hmm. the the older detective, is just that much smarter. 
he's just like uh, he's just playing this young kid along the whole time and like you're watching yeah. it and you're and you're getting confused I, I was seeing reviews of it online while it was happening like on reddit people like from like previous whatever people mm-hmm. were watching it on sub and were like what's going on i'm so confused it's because the fucking writers are showing you bits here bits there and it all comes together later okay and it's, it's so impressive it is so impressive i'm not even done yet it's so impressive just the first 10 episodes okay i'm like holy shit this is impressive stuff um and there's a big twist a, like a big i would say like the only thing i can, can compare it to in terms of like thematic or or writing ability or whatever depth is like that first mm-hmm. season on True Detective. Fuck, but it's, dude, that's but pretty it's high not. Points. But it's all Korean, right? So like, okay. they the, the way that we perceive crime dramas in America, we have our own mm-hmm. versions of it. Like this show is a K drama, so it still has those like bumpers that I showed you, like the the intro and outro bumper. Yeah. It still has that, but from episode from the from point A to point B in the show, like. It's not going to have the budget that fucking True Detective has, right? And you right. don't know the actors. But in terms of, like, it flashes back between the past and the future. And you're trying to find out who in this town is the serial killer. Because it's a small town. right? And it's this big fucking... There's got to be somebody in the town. Yeah. There's a scene where, I'm not going to spoil it for you, where the, the young detective is like, who... Are you because co- the whole time he starts like for episode two on he's like I know you fucking did it I'm gonna fucking catch you and then the main character is like just just smiles at him creepy smile I was like yeah okay we'll do it prove to me all right and then there's a scene where he's like okay who are you covering for and he goes well I'm covering for this person right and then the guy's like ah, I knew it he goes and this person. And this person, and this person, and this person, and this person. He's like, who did it? He's like, who, who can you believe? Who am I covering for? Yeah. So it's like, those first ten episodes, there's a big twisty like thing, reveal, mm-hmm. like episode eight or nine, and it was like, oh, that's like some like this is gonna get copied in America. This is gonna get yoinked so fast and get you know get janked, and because it, it was so good. It's so good, and I think you okay. really dig it. Even if you only watched up until episode ten, because I missed. I mean, I feel like at that point, if I got to episode ten, I'm gonna finish. There's it, only so. six episodes too, but yeah, there's a mystery that gets solved by episode ten, and then there's a second mystery that they're working on that's still part of the first thing. So by episode is the first mystery if his sister's still alive. So the whole time. Because they don't, they don't, they never find. There's like two, particular people that are still missing. There's no bodies. They don't find. They don't right. find anyone's bodies. There's no bodies left. Just fingertips. Right. All the all the people who have gone missing. It's only their fingertips. Yeah, but they, but they did find like two bodies with their fingertips missing, but they found the bodies. So it's like there's the two girls that they have found, but there's other people they haven't found, and there's like this big. So they start the small egg of a mystery, and they just keep fucking. Adding layers, 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 and like so far, I was really worried that it was going to be real. Like they weren't going to be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. But the first mystery that they kind of wrap up, I'm like, they did that extremely well. They handled it extremely okay. well, and it was super duper heavy. 
and depressing and dark and you you felt like really good that at the end of that particular mystery like you're like okay this this was solved efficiently unlike true detective which doesn't give you an answer yeah i i mean that's definitely the most like disappointing i mean I, I don't think that's necessarily true. Like, True Detective gives you an answer. I just think it's a very... Un, for me, watching it, it was a very unsatisfactory answer. Yeah. Like, you know who did it? Like, the Yellow King, like, the guy they find is the one that did it. I just find the fact that he did it not very satisfying, especially when you've got all this other shit that happens. Like, I feel like the episode before that is the one where they show, like, the fucking ritualistic cult shit. Yeah. You got that, and then it's like, no, it's just this fucking dumpy Louisiana guy that, like, killed these women. Well, and, like, so and the, the one big correlation I found was because, like, there was the, there's the, the, the scene, the crime scenes, right, in True Detective? Well, it's like... Right, that's the most iconic thing. In this thing, show, yeah. there's the crime scenes where they... It's definitely not as, like, you know, it's not Seven. You know, this is on TV. Right. You know what I mean? But it's like, there is definitely creepy enough crime scenes... And mm-hmm. the, the thing to me, the big thing that it plays a part of it, besides being a cat and mouse game between the two detectives and then also mm-hmm. the killer, whoever it is, is that there are so many cops from the from the main city hub who just don't trust the main character because they all know who he is. Huh. Right. Like there's a, there's layers to it, like where like his his the main character's current boss was the guy who brought him in for killing his sister. Right? Huh. So there's, there's so many, like, there's interpersonal layers. And you talk, you see the other characters in the town who he's friends with, who some of them have family mis- members who are missing, all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And the character, he seems like he's psychotic. Like, he seems, the main he character? seems super, like, disassociative and, like, this, 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 you know, separated from reality. And they eventually piece all that stuff together so you can see what he is doing or why he thinks this way or why he's acting this way. And it's almost like. Okay. You build this character piece by piece to he's he's already built fully, but we're gonna we're showing you how he came this how he became this character while also showing you him progress at the same time, like in the same episode. Oh. It, it's super well written. Interesting. But it's called Beyond Evil. It's finished. It all dropped on Netflix on Monday, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. Really good. I, I binge watched seven episodes in one day. It was Damn. awesome. It's it's awesome. I'm looking forward to finishing it. Okay. So, I watched Kenshin, like I said. But the last thing I did this week was a mix, hybrid. Okay. Uh, I started watching this anime on Netflix. It came out this week. It's Ragnarok? It's called Rec- Record of Ragnarok. I wanted to start that. I haven't, uh, I haven't started it yet. Okay. Um... I watched the first five episodes. Okay. Fucking sucks. It's fucking the anime, terrible. Like... It's terrible. Wow. The quality of the animation is terrible. There was no real fighting until episode like three. It wow. sucked. The animation is atrocious. It is fucking terrible. It's bad. So I, wow. I went to the Reddit and everyone just... thinks the same thing. Like people who who read the manga on Reddit are like, this is fucking terrible, yeah. right? And people are like, this is sad because the I've seen the drawings from the manga and it looks fucking killer. Right. So that's just and the manga people are like, this it's depressing because the manga is so well made, 
So yeah. I was like, okay, well, fuck it. I'm going to go read the manga. So I yeah. stopped watching the anime episode five, went to the manga, and I'm caught up. It's only 48 chapters out. Yeah. And it's fucking awesome. Yeah. It's great. It's The manga is fantastic. The art is killer. The, some of the fights I don't care about. But the, in general, I'm super impressed with it. It's super fun. It's super mm-hmm. creative. And the anime blows, at least from what I saw. And there's no way there's a fight between I'm not gonna spoil who wins. There's a fight between Hercules and Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. That first off, that that alone. It's good stuff. Like the idea that like Jack the Ripper is the good guy. Yeah. In that scenario, Jack the Ripper is the good guy. But the fight is so well done in the manga that I just know that there's no way. It yeah. could have been it's gonna be done well if it in the anime. There's just no way. I think the anime only takes up, from what I've seen from the trailers and everything, it looks like it only takes up to... Poseidon, I think. Uh, Poseidon. Yeah. Which I've read a little bit of that fight, because I know on YouTube, because um, I've seen a little bit, I haven't, I didn't finish it, um, but there are like, I don't know if they're like motion comics or if they're just like compilations of like the pages from Ragnarok, but like, I've like, uh, I've watched like some from the Poseidon fight and some from the Jack the Ripper fight too. Um, and yeah, it's just like, and even in those battles, like Jack the Ripper versus Hercules, I like that he's able to like, it's like he's mixing like traditional, like fucking meathead battles with like actual, like non-battle battles, especially with like Jack the Ripper, where it's like, you've got Hercules who's like fucking ungabunga meathead man. And then you've got Jack Ripper who's like a scrawny little bitch and he has to figure out how to like outsmart and like. Uh, outwit Hercules, who can basically just like shrug everything off because he's a fucking god. Yeah. So, I I enjoy that fight a lot. And the current fight is um, it's Buddha versus oh, who is he fighting? I can't remember who he's fighting, but I know that somebody said I don't know if that's Buddha, but um, I know I was reading a little bit on the Reddit because I. Somebody wasn't complaining about the animation. They were complaining about the actual like concept of the story in and of itself. And I was reading that, his whole thing, and I was like, yeah, but, like, it's a fucking fantasy anime. Like, what he was, like, talking about how, like, it's so unrealistic that the Valkyries would stage this, uh, whatever he called it, against, like, the gods because they report to Odin. And I was like, yeah, but, like, the Valkyries are dope, and, like, it's a fantasy like story like i don't know what you want like it's not trying to be realistic well yeah like it's a like fucking tournament anime for like the end of the world like it's not realistic um, like he's there's a lot to take liberties with stuff that's going on plus there's like a mix of so much shit in the story it's not like it's one specific with mythology so i feel like you can like kind of bend the rules a little bit yeah can i i want to spoil something real fast for you um the one I, I don't know if it's a spoiler, but the one I do want to see, because I've heard so much about it and I haven't seen anything from it yet, but I've heard, especially because uh, it's been a couple of months since I read it, but it was like around the time, I don't remember, but it was on the Reddit for a record Ragnarok thing. And it's like the, apparently the fight between like Zeus and Adam is like yeah. some of the best shit. Yeah, that was so. a good fight. Um, so when I saw that Adam was in it, I was like, okay, well, they don't show God, like the Christian yeah. God, like, you know. Yahweh, mm-hmm. they don't show him. So I kept Googling, like, is, like, 
God, like the Christian God, going to show up in this? They're like a Christian God, yeah. And then people, I saw Reddit threads from like a few months ago. People were like, probably not, no, because it'd be a backlash. People were reacting badly to Buddha, so you know why would he put in like Jesus and all that kind of stuff? And then I'm reading yeah. the most current chapter, and literally, like, is Buddha sitting there in the ring, like in the tournament? And then it cuts to like a panel called the Four Sages. He's like, it's like. Buddha's one of us. The four is like Socrates and like Confucius and then Jesus. <laughs> and he's just like sitting and they accustom to a panel of them like talking, like where it's like Confucius mm. is saying something and then Socrates is like, yep, 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 yep. And then it goes to. So it's on the side of man? Humanity, yeah. And then it cuts to okay. a panel of Jesus and he's just not saying anything. He's just like nodding. So the, yes. so the monk yes. is not, put, he's not giving him dialogue. He's, he's just yeah. quiet. He's just there. He's just saying, yes, Jesus is here. Yeah. Um, and that's how I read it thread for the chapter, because the chapter came out recently, and people were like, I'm kind of bummed out that Jesus looked kind of like, he looked like normal. Have you seen a picture of Jesus? But, but, he looks but like But because normal. Buddha looks different. You know, like, they, they make the characters uh, look different. Like, they give them clothes, and like kind of like a gimmick. But why does Jesus just look like regular Jesus? You know? Mm. But, um, with that being said, it's such a stupid concept for a manga that it's so basic and like you don't have there's there is it's just a tournament arc it's just tournaments and they explain the characters backstories a little bit here and there and then they mm. fight and then someone dies and then move on yeah and that's all i need never to be seen or heard from that's again that's all i need because they're already dead so who cares yeah they're dead they're already dead already they're dead or they won and if they won well, i'm saying, I'm saying like they're already dead like so the characters are, they're being pulled from history you know what i mean so like oh yeah what? that that they're aspect, already yeah. dead so it's not like, not like they're dying like oh no i can't believe they're dead they're already dead yeah but the uh um, i can't remember who the fuck is buddha fighting dang it dude i don't know i know you know you got thor versus lubu zeus versus adam and then poseidon versus Samurai uh guy uh, Sanjiro. Kojiro? Kojiro. I think it's like Sangro Kojiro. Yeah, it's Kojiro. And then it's um, Shiva versus fucking sumo guy. Or oh, Jack okay. Ripper versus Hercules. Jack the Ripper versus Hercules. Jack the Ripper then Hercules, it's yeah. sumo guy versus Shiva. And then now it's okay. Buddha versus um, fucking... Some... Oh, it's, it oh, he's fighting a Japanese... He's fighting the god, like the seven gods of luck or something. Oh, okay. Something like that. Um, so Buddha's on the side of man. Yeah, because Buddha was a man. Uh, that's true, like, yeah. G- like Jesus. Well, Jesus is God and man. Whereas Buddha was a human being who ascended to okay. deity level or whatever. But he's still on the side of man, even though he ascended. Yeah. Um, Interesting. So there's that. But, I mean... I don't know where, I don't know where, where it's... It's only eat to win seven fights. Right, and I, I think from what I've read, because I'm pretty sure Thor wins. It's two and, and three. I know Zeus won. So it's two to three? Yeah, humans two, gods at three. So there's really not that many fights, so then, though, I guess. I mean, I guess you could just stretch it out as far as yeah, you want it to. But then but... I know Buddha's going to win this, so it's going to be three three. Okay. Um, so then you've got... What's the potential for that? That's six... Another seven fights, I think is how the math works out. If you went all the way down to like six, six, it would be seven fights. Or is it, you think it's going to be like 
seven fights gonna, to decide like the overall winner. They're gonna get towards the end of the tournament and like whoever's gonna win. But then a, a you're gonna have that fucking Naruto fucking Orochimaru invading where somebody's gonna fucking do some dumbass shit to wreck the whole tournament and it's gonna like completely change the story. Or to me like there's a big bad guy that the gods put away that they need help from humans to beat, so they have to reunite together. Dude, if fucking Hades shows up yeah. or some other like under, it's gotta be like an underworld god. Like that's gotta be. If it's gonna, you're gonna do something like that. They haven't. Sh- like Kronos. I don't think like they. Sh- well, Kronos is dead. Oh. Because Zeus is there. Right. Um. But for o- Odin's there, that he hasn't fought yet. Okay. And Loki's there. And Ares is there. Hermes is there. Okay. And then, I don't. There's there's the list of all the humans. I know Aphrodite's there because she's got the she's big, big big old boobs. boobs. But I was looking at the yeah. list of all the humans that have to are going to be in the tournament, and mm-hmm. the one that gets me the most excited is fucking Tesla. That's pretty dope. That's just that's, that's just cool. cool. He's going to be doing some weird like electrical power bullshit. I'm gonna love yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I hope he shows up with like a fucking mech suit. That'd I saw dope. one comic. Cause I'm reading on this website because I'm not reading illegally. Um, mm-hmm. But it's attached to Facebook so people can comment on facebook on the so like you scroll down the end of the chapters and there's a bunch of facebook comments i had that with that when i was reading 20 20th century boys it was a similar thing right and so some of them are they're all some of them recent some of them are old but up to recent you know people are still commenting and one guy every chapter this one guy would fucking bitch and complain every i'm like dude i don't even fucking know you but you're fucking up my reading yeah so literally like for me it was one day Mm-hmm. But for people who are reading this as it comes out, I can't imagine how fucking annoying it'd be. But the same fucking dude every fucking month. Always complaining about some fucking shit. Literally, dude. this guy was like, he commented recently on like, on like a couple chapters prior, so like, like two months, three months ago, was like, the author really messed up. He should have done some more research and maybe got somebody like like Daniel Boone. That's the type of shit. That's the that's like the Reddit comment where I was talking about. Who's like the author didn't research enough about the mythology and like blah blah blah. And this is the reason that his plot is wouldn't work. And I'm like, nobody's saying that his plot yeah. is realistic. Or they're like they completely changed. Could uh, Kojiro's care? Who fucking cares? Yeah. Who fucking? It's a sh- a fucking story. You know, said that. That means he's a fucking fate fan. Because I know that shit. Because that's the only reason I know the name Kujiro. Is because he's in fucking fate. Listen, dude. It's a story about fucking gods fighting overpowered humans. Yeah. Calm the fuck. Who the fuck cares? Who the fuck cares? Yeah. Because literally the only way that this manga would make me go, oh, come on. Is if like, okay, it's human. The gods have won six fights. Here's the last fight coming up. The gods choose fucking Odin. Who did the humans choose? Goku. All right, Goku, go fight Odin. That, All right, Goku, get that's out the there. the only way that I would be like, this is Jump to Shark. All right, Luffy, get on yeah, out there. you know what I mean? Like, at this point, who fucking cares? Oh, ridiculous, dude. People complain about that stupid. That's so, so stupid thing they complain yeah. about. It's the most goofy, not, not serious manga. Yeah. There's, like, no, like... Even the idea about humans are gonna die and like if they lose all these fight, no one cares. Does it doesn't even matter? You know, after every fight, they go back to the little computer room, and they mm-hmm. pick the person that's gonna fight. That's it. Yeah. And they have an entrance, and there's a fucking whole entrance thing going on, and then they come out there and they do a little battle. 
and then someone dies, you know. So that's all that I've there I've done go. this week, really. Okay. Um, Jason. Yeah, man. Now that we finish what we've done this week, I have a question that I wanted to posit to. Sure. Because we don't have a main topic this week, but I have had a question that's been like sinking in the back of my mind, which is something that E3 just happened. Yep. Uh, and we talked about it on and off uh, over the past couple of days as each new presentation happened and whatnot. Yeah. And I think the number one thing that I saw and that posits this question for me to you is are character action games back? Because it feels like for the longest time, I really don't remember them existing or being that popular outside of like devil may cry but like the last devil may cry game was like outside of like dmc5 like a couple years ago it was like devil may cry 4 and that was like early 2010 well there's dmc yeah but nobody liked that game yeah i, I didn't like it, but people liked it but it was it became a cult favorite after it came it came out yes it became after after it mattered. Then people started to like it. I mean, I think that like they had games like Bayonetta, that were kind of like the, the last kind of yeah. remnants of that. But I feel like, but I feel like now it's sort of the back because we had Solstice. We've got the new Final Fantasy game. We've got I, I over think the it's because one. it's easy. Uh, I don't know. I feel like to get like an action character game like right that's enjoyable. I mean DMC. I mean, I guess you can just copy DMC, but, like, I feel like that's, like, the gold standard as far as, like, character action games is, like, Devil May Cry. So, I mean, I guess it's easy if you can just say, like, yeah, we're just going to copy DMC. Which those games look like they did. Some some of them definitely do, yeah. Those games look like they did. But then once you add in air combos, I'm like, okay, it's Devil May Cry. Yeah. You know? I mean, I don't know. I, I think they were, they were not existent on the last generation of consoles. Not so really. To me, yeah. like, Outside of DMC five, like yeah. they there really wasn't any. And maybe it's maybe they're there, but they're all in Japan. But I feel like maybe. they're. I, I think they're easier to make, which is why they're coming out. I feel like I, I would assume that they're cheaper to make, because you don't have to worry about creating this massive RPG system. Just have cool animations and cool weapons, and you know, sink most of your money in the animation and in the cutscenes. And then you know, mm. make it make the hits feel like they matter, and then yeah. just create a combo system, which to me like is to, I would assume is infinitely easier than trying to like make a system that you know builds experience and all this kind of make this massively world map. It's a hallway with rooms. And yeah, you fight in the rooms. You know, I would assume are what these games are going to be like. Whether or not they're massive rooms or not, I don't know, but I would assume because budgetary yeah. reasons, and you can kind of like push it. The graphic because it's the the you can push your your experience points over to the graphics and stuff to make them look really good because you don't have to worry about building all this other stuff to worry about like dialogue trees and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think, but I think the one of the things that I mean even DMC five has um, to kind of push back against that a little bit is that I feel like a lot of them are adding those kind of like. I mean, it's not like a full-fledged thing, but I feel like a lot of them have been adding like those RPG elements. So I feel like a lot of them are still like adding those systems on top of like what a 
what a character action game is. So there's like getting that mix and match. So as far as like them being cheaper to make, I mean, maybe they are than like a traditional like JRPG or something like that. But if they're still adding those systems, like they still have to create like those level up systems and those skill trees and like balancing out the different skills and like what exactly what skills are you going to have and what are they going to do and like how much does it cost to like unlock them and to make sure that like uh, the more powerful ones are actually like locked behind a progression that like makes sense for like where you are game way gameplay wise in the story and whatnot. So, but even up, but uh, even upgrading a weapon is easier because the the weapon looks the same. You don't have to no. You don't have yeah. to build or three D model or render two hundred weapons of two hundred sets of stats, with and place them at three hundred locations and randomize who drops what. You the monsters yeah. drop orbs or coins, and then you, you have a predetermined of how many orbs they set based on maybe how much damage you do and whatever the combo is if it's something like that, and then you just move on. You know, so I feel like I I would assume it'd be cheaper. To make them like you know yeah. like Biomutant or Cyberpunk, you know what I mean like these games that have massive fucking times. So for me, it's yeah. like okay, well you have a new console that is horse power machine. Well, let's yeah. fucking put all our eggs in this. You know, people mm-hmm. are going to enjoy a good looking action game as long yeah. as the action feels good. You know what I mean? Mm. Like fucking make Bayonetta on a Xbox fucking whatever. And it's going to sell because it's going to look good and be fun. You know, like mm-hmm. Devil May Cry should look fucking amazing, this next game. You know yeah. what I mean? So I think that's what it is. I mean, I don't know if they're back per se, but I feel like maybe it comes in waves. Yeah, that's possible too. Um, I mean, it's not like, I'm not saying they're back like they didn't exist. Because, I mean, there's clearly some that like did exist on the PS4. But I feel like, especially this E3 in particular, I feel like each show, at least from the ones I paid attention to, which is, I paid attention to like most of the big ones, I feel like each show had at least one big like character action game that they were like promoting for whatever they were doing. Yeah. No, I get that. Um, Where do you, this is is an end to your your question real fast, but, um, Mm -hmm. Where do you stand currently on professional wrestling? Uh, in what capacity? Are you watching anything? I haven't watched it in a while, if that answers your question. Okay. Is there... Well, let me ask you this, dude. Mm-hmm. What, what is professional wrestling not doing to make you not watch it consistently? Like, what can it... What do you want that they're not giving you, or... Is there something that that's missing that's not hap- that's not there? I think the I don't know. It's hard because it's not like I don't think there's anything missing per se. I think the big problem for me with it is that one, there's a lot of wrestling mm-hmm. out there. And I think for me, sometimes it can get to, down to a choice uh, get down to a choice paralysis. Or I feel like there's so much decent wrestling content out there that sometimes it's hard for me to sit down and just pick one yeah. and be like, I'm going to watch this. So I think that's part of it. Um, I think um, it's also like not as accessible for me as it used to be because I don't have cable. 
So it's really not like I can't just like turn on like TNT on like Wednesday or whatever and just like watch AEW or like turn on USA Network and like watch Raw because I don't have those channels. So I'd have to have like some other means. And I don't know if there is another way to watch AEW outside of cable. Like they, they're not WWE. Like they don't have their own network or anything like that, do they? No, you can just watch it through TNT app. Yeah. And I've, I bet with that you need to have like some sort of cable service. I, I don't know for sure because I have one, so I don't know. Yeah. But if they don't, it would be ads. But I don't know for sure. I couldn't. I couldn't say. Yeah. Um, I think that's the biggest thing for me is like one is choice paralysis, but also two is like, for me specifically, is like the accessibility to it. Yeah. Because so. I asked because I um. I go through waves, of watching everything and since there mm-hmm. is so much shit going on yeah. i i i have exclusively been pretty much just watching new japan and okay. that's it and, and what i love about new japan is that there isn't a weekly show like they hit... see i feel like that's almost easier when yeah there's just like there's like big temple shows yeah for stuff happening but they have that's also the thing too is that it's easy to get burnt out in the weekly shows because there's really like it's nice that they have like build up to storylines but like i felt like and i felt like wwe had this problem like more than anything else where it was like i felt like when i specifically when i was like watching wwe like all the time i would feel like 90 percent of the show that i was watching didn't fucking matter yeah absolutely well with new japan well, they have the big shows every year that are the same and they have a bunch of what's called like road to something like road to dominion, which are going to be like the smaller road to G20 or what was it called? The G1 climax, G- you know, road climax. to Russell kingdom. These shows where it's a bunch of this, is where they build the card. This is where they build the story, right. right? Like it's a lot of tag matches. That way everyone's working less. It might mm. have like, no two main event matches, but the thing I like about new Japan is because in Japan wrestling is still, perceived in like a sportsman like atmosphere so Mm -hmm. there are no there are barely any promos and there are barely any like um there's no like oh my god so and so is pregnant because there's there's no women in new japan it's all dudes right so they don't have like a they don't have a female division division. no Hmm. right i'm not saying i know they have their own separate like um not the vision, but they have their own separate, like, uh, female-centered, like, companies. Oh, yeah, there's a Star, Stardust, or Star... I think it's Stardust. It's all-female all pro wrestling, which is great. It's a fantastic promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, but New Japan specifically is all all dudes, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that because it's, it's better. That's not what I'm saying. My point is that there's no, like, there's no storyline about, like, so-and-so is dating so-and-so, and they kidnapped his... There's no softball for, no for shit. It's all sports. Like it's like, hey, why do you want to beat me? Because I'm fucking better than you. Yeah. And then we fucking wrestle, and we make a really good wrestling match, and they wrestle. Or you get the evil story one where it's like you turned your back on me, and I'm not being a fucking center. Yeah, it's like you fiddle. left my faction, so fuck you, and we're gonna wrestle. Yeah. Even AEW, which is obviously Western Western professional wrestling, influenced by Japanese and Hispanic or Mexican wrestling, excuse me, Hispanic mm. wrestling. Um. They 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 they're they dive dive into these storylines I don't give a shit about, like mm-hmm. how are you gonna in one show, 
have have a storyline about like you know something super serious like like oh we're brothers cody rhodes dustin we're brothers we're the sons of dusty and then also have Mm -hmm. a fucking luchador who's a dinosaur in the same show and think that i'm gonna give a fuck right yeah so like and that's not saying it's bad or good that's just not that's just that's just one of the things about american professional wrestling that i don't care about anymore so i i find myself being like i'm just gonna watch japan i'm just gonna watch japanese wrestling because they one they wrestle better i i for for sure believe they wrestle better Mm -hmm. which does have problems i'll get to that in a sec Mm -hmm. but two you don't have to worry about fucking you know why is okada wrestling evil this time you don't it, you only have to know why because one of them is champion that's why yeah because one of them is champion and the other one wants those yes bets. and it's that's about like, honor and pride and championship and mm-hmm. sometimes it's about okay well you're just a dickhead so that's one because you're sue sucks i'm gonna wrestle you but it's never you're the bolt club and the bolt club are assholes yeah but it's you. never like oh man i can't believe that so and so you know fucking ran over my car you, know, you stole my girlfriend. It's not, it's not, Fuck. Yeah, it's not like, oh my gosh, Edge and Lita. What? I can't believe it. What? So Matt Hardy, I'm gonna be broken for the rest of my life. Delete, delete. Yeah. Um, yeah. But real quick before I I finish up with that is that okay? Um, it's better wrestling. It's, to me, it's more athletic. Mm-hmm. It looks better. The moves are cooler. Pacing's better. I, I think in general, overall, it's a better professional wrestling product. Now, mm-hmm. WWE, of their own accord, is not professional wrestling. It is sports entertainment. They're right. not pro wrestlers. They're superstars. Yeah. You know, which is, I don't give a fuck about. I don't give a shit about that. I want professional wrestling. Um, yeah. Not saying that there's not good storylines and bits over there, because there are. You know? Mm-hmm. And there's, there's great wrestlers over at NXT, right? Walter's being one of them. Mm-hmm. Um. But I'll give you an example real quick. New Japan. Okay. A couple months back, Will Ospreay has been working his way up for years, right? So he's a small dude. He got a little bit bigger. He's still kind of small, but he's super popular. And he got hit from being a junior, like in the weight class. They still kind of keep weight class, right? It's kind of like your ceiling. And he pushed into the heavyweights. He's working all the heavyweight guys, and then he finally became the champion, right? And they just changed the belt. They just unified the belt in New Japan for the Intercontinental okay. Belt and the heavyweight belt, and it looks fucking sh- shitty. But he won it. But then he had to give it up because of, like, a neck injury, right? Damn. So huh? the belt it was vacant for a little bit, and they just they just, they just just crowned a new champion, like, like, two weeks ago. I'm guessing they had some sort of tournament to figure out who would... Take it up. Or I don't even like remember what the reason was. I think they just picked two guys, and we're like, <laughs> "You and you." It, well, go they, fight they for picked it. they picked someone who is a backbone. They picked Okada, and they picked someone mm-hmm. who is who think they think it's time to get get the strap. Okay. The guy who Shingo Shingo Tagagi, Tagagi was the guy who won, and it's like his time, right? Okada's had his time. Okada's gonna get it again. It's like in professional wrestling. Whenever it's time for inter- interim champion, you just give the belt to who your backbone is. Yeah. Okay. Well. Just give it to John. Give Cena. it to John Cena. Fine. Give it to Triple H, 
You know what I mean? Build yeah. up the next character, and then we'll we'll he'll drop right. into that character. But like, even though I don't give a shit about this this guy who's a champion, I still watch everything because they're just such a better product. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm just like thinking like, what could you what can what what do they need to get you to watch? You know, you what 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 do the what do you need besides just obviously you said that's because it's so much stuff going on that just makes you not want to watch anything. Um, and I and yeah. I get that for sure. Um, so I was just curious. Yeah, I think for me, I think, especially with New Japan, I think it would just be, like, the accessibility of it, which I know they have their, like, they have their own app that they can, that you can watch stuff through. Um, so I would think it would probably be just, like, it would also be one of those things where it's just, like, I have so many apps already where it's, like, I'm already, like, not wanting to, like, get another one which is like like yeah. i want to watch loki but like i don't want to buy the disney plus app because that's just like another fucking app that i have to fucking do and i'm fucking stupid so i won't cancel it once i'm done with loki yeah so it's just another thing i'm paying for month after month yeah i get no i get that i get that I and mean, there's definitely ways to watch both those things that's true yeah. um real quick before we wrap up last word about professional wrestling is that okay. Every few months, there's an Instagram account that I follow mm-hmm. and that you should follow too. It's called WrestleBotch, right? All right, give it to me. Um, WrestleBotch. WrestleBotch. And there's, I posted a story. I reposted one of their videos. because Every few months, I go back to their page and I just binge watch all their videos. And it's just, it's just a bunch of botches in wrestling. Whether it's botches in okay. moves, botches in indie matches, botches on promos, whatever. But I, I, Mike slipped Monday and table failed Tuesday. Yeah, and I posted one last night that I, cracks me up. It's always cracked me up, but it's a Lex Luger, uh, bit, where <laughs> I can't even explain it because it's so fucking funny. But the Instagram account alone is, it's so hilarious, and okay. even funnier when you're scrolling through these videos and laughing your ass off, and then you see Steve Austin comment on it. Or like The Rock will comment on it, or like these these other people will be like, "This is fucking funny," you know what yeah. I mean? So I just want to say, recommendation, Zach. Uh, I think you would enjoy um, anything Lex Luger, anything fucking uh, fucking Sid. It's, okay, it's hilarious. And after this is done, go to my story and just watch that. It's five seconds long. Just watch it and laugh. Okay. So, but Zach, anything else you want to say before we end the pod, man? Uh, no, that's it. I mean, the, yeah, the character action thing was like the one thing I really wanted to bring up to you real quick. Um, so other than that, not too much. I'm excited to dive more into Roroni. Oh yeah. And fucking Gundam, cause that all dropped. So now I've got like three Roroni Kenshin movies. I got fucking four Gundam movies. It's gonna be a busy time. I'm sure I won't watch the Gundam movies anytime soon. Now that I've Decided that I'm going to watch Kenshin. But... Well, you need to because Hathaway comes out in like two weeks. I know, I do. Is that, is that official it's coming out in two mm-hmm. weeks? Fuck. Yeah. All right, yep. All right. I'm pretty sure it's... Going to have to fucking just make a day. Either July 2nd or 5th, I think. Okay. One of those... It's somewhere in that in that ballpark. Early, like the first week of July. So I'll be in Charleston then. I'm sure I'll have time in Charleston to like watch like one Gundam movies a day or some dumb shit like that. Well, let's 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 have that be a a pod thing. All right. We'll, we'll nail. We'll figure that out after off the pod. All so. right. Hey guys, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. 
See you back next week with more License to View.